Supercast, everybody. Movie Hour, uh, episode 197, almost up to 200. I'm here. Dustin's here. Let's talk hey. about movies. Hi, Dustin. Hey, Hooper. It's April Fool's Day. It is. But this but, ain't no joke. We're not fools. <laughs> we might be fools, but this is this definitely is no joke. The the Hoopercast is back in full order with fries. Yes. And uh, maybe even a toy. Yeah, it's a happy meal. It's a regular happy meal. It's a super duper happy meal. <laughs> um, <laughs> phone number 251-333-8732. Nobody has called it except for a couple people who I'm pretty sure gave that as a fake number to um, to dates or stalkers. Because okay. I have got a couple phone calls that were not for the show. <laughs> um, hey, I'm uh, I'm looking for Latrice. Yeah, hey, uh, Stephanie there? <laughs> <laughs> no, do you have a question about movies? Uh, Stephanie there? <laughs> Where's Tiffany? Where is she? God. Uh, sir, do you mean breakfast at Tiffany's? Because we talk about movies here. <laughs> we are doing a John Hughes show pretty soon. I thought maybe you had a question for that. <laughs> so are you are you Tiffany or do you need to go get Tiffany? Um <laughs> Nope. Uh, so so far, um, batting batting zero on the on the phone number for for the for the purpose it's there for. Um, that's okay though. Um, and I think I think one car salesman. Oh, okay. <laughs> the Hoopercast does not need a company vehicle. <laughs> no, our budget is is nowhere close to <laughs> having a um, the Hoopercast van. Right. All right. Um, we're here to talk about. A couple things today, so we're going to get right on into it. First, uh, as we always do, uh, by the way, if you're new to the show, hey, welcome. Shalom. Um, and and where you been? <laughs> where you at? Yeah. Um, and uh, Dustin and I were on a brief hiatus, I guess I should explain, where if, for people who sporadically listen to the show, um, I left a trail of, move, of, of Daily Show breadcrumbs leading up to this to, to explain that Dustin was working a lot. And then I was just going to go, hey, you know what? I'm just going to kick up my feet <laughs> during all right, this right. and uh, get some other stuff done. And that I did. Took a sabbatical. And um, and then like a week after I, d- I did, some pretty substantial film news dropped. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just, I was like, oh, of course. Oh, well. Right. But first, um, let's talk about the box office, which has been steadily creeping along without Dustin and I. It has gone mm-hmm. from the February, like, eh, okay. Now we're in the um, early April, late March. Um, oh, all right. We got some activity. So right. um, we haven't been tracking any progress, obviously, because we have not been around. But here we are. And we're mm-hmm. going to track some progress. So yeah. uh, for week 13, box office, March 29th through the 31st this past weekend, uh, number one would be Dumbo. Um, for Disney and Buena Vista, grossing a four, uh, nearly nigh $46 million over the weekend. Number one, knocking out Us, Jordan Peele's uh, sophomore film, yep. uh, Us, which was formerly number one last week. That's bringing in $33 million. That's a total gross of $127 million. And then knocking yep. and that film, knocking Captain Marvel down into number three, up from two, or down from down from two, also for Disney, uh, $20 million, bringing that one up to $353 million domestically um, for its fourth week at the box office. Um, yeah. And, um, yep, that's the top three. Yeah. Is that a good gross for Dumbo, Dustin? Because it feels kind of low. 
It is low. Um, it, I think they were expecting something uh, like good to heftier than that. Um, you know, to put it in, in perspective, the Jungle Book um, opened with 103 million. Oh my god! Um, so, so this definitely underperformed for Disney. Yeah. Right. Like, like I feel like a lot of the lower tier movies would really love an opening like 45 million, um, but I think Disney really wanted more. Um, it's directed by Tim Burton, um, so I think they just had a lot of faith in him, which while I'm talking, let me just look up what his Alice in Wonderland did its opening weekend. It was um, huge. It was $116 million. Yeah. So I'm sure by hiring Tim Burton, they really wanted to replicate the success of Alice in Wonderland, which of course spawned a sequel. Um, but it doesn't look like Dumbo really appealed to much of anybody within my personal life. I don't really know anybody who saw it this weekend, right. um, nor do I know anybody who's really expressed interest in seeing it. Um, so I don't know who this movie's for. Um, I feel like for parents, um, like kids probably wouldn't be super interested in this. It feels kind of random and outdated a little bit. Um, and, and for parents, I, I feel like it's almost like, um, why, why wouldn't I just throw on the cartoon? Like, I feel like that would be a safer bet. And, and then, and then for adults, it's like, yeah, but who's, I, we're not interested in this either. So, so I, I don't know who this movie was for really. Yeah. Um, I remember I liked the trailer for it and I think, I, I think a lot of people were probably like that trailer made me cry and, mm -hmm. um, were, you know, seemed excited for the movie, but I guess those people decided to wait and see, <laughs> Um, I, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, because because I I think that it's a big big conversation. Which of these live action films definitely don't have to definitely don't need to be remade, like The Lion yeah. King. Yeah. And which ones like might benefit from a remake? Maybe you know, or or mm. or at least you can't. It's so stu it's it, the, the idea that the standard for like making a movie or not making a movie is like is this a terrible idea? Well, I mean, no, but okay, cool. We're going to do it. It's just like, right. that's the standard. So it wasn't a terrible idea to remake Dumbo. Right. So, but, but I don't know. Like I, I, I had an interest in seeing it, but again, like not enough to go see it in the theater. Right. And, and, and I'll say this, the fact that it has $45 million, it's opening weekend doesn't bode well for its longevity. Um, so next weekend, Shazam comes out, which yeah. I think is expected to take the number one spot. The week after, um, then you have um, Hellboy, which is coming out. Mm. Um, so it's a little bit of a toss-up. I think I think probably Shazam might end up on top again that week, just because I feel like Hellboy is more niche. Um, Shazam feels more broad. Um, but then there's also a kids' movie coming out that week called Missing Link, um, which is like a stop-motion uh, thing starring Zach Galifianakis and Hugh Jackman. I don't know re really if that's going to have any traction, but it does feel like it's sort of after a similar demographic as Dumbo. Um, and then, and of course, two weeks later, Avengers Endgame comes out. So, so Dumbo's kind of done for at this point. Um, it, it won't be on top again. I think it's it's just going to kind of trail off. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I mean, I've, oh boy, again, like they're they're gonna they're going to use any piece of data to justify the continuation of making these things. Yeah. So, but I feel like it's just going to take people. I just don't know. There's just, it's so easy. I feel like it's so easy to get people to come 
to the yeah. theater or to excuse an okay film. Yeah. Like enough to where they're going to they're going to be just popular enough cuz I think people I think people don't want to say mean things about something. Contrary yeah. to popular belief because people think like oh the internet's full of like people who just want to say terrible things. There is that. Yeah. But I think that when it comes to like family films like this and just movies in general like nobody really people want to say mean things about other humans for sure. Yeah. Yeah. People don't really want to criticize a movie, especially if it's a kid's movie. Right. So like they're It's not really hurting anybody. Right. It's just one of those things, but like I think you and I have decided like like we give a lot of films 3 out of 5 stars. Yeah, we do. To me that's not good enough. Right. Like that's a that's that's our midpoint middle of the road review. Yeah, like and and to me like that's that's the minimum required is that your film be watchable and yeah. relatively harmless to me right. as a viewer. And I just feel right. like for, when it's a gigantic company like the Walt Disney Corporation, if you turn out anything lower than a three, you suck. Yeah. You know, so of course yeah. I feel like, you know, I'm not sure what the, what the Rotten Tomatoes score is for Dumbo, but like, it seems like a kind 49. of 49, 49. Oh, oh, okay. Um, yep. that's not going to matter <laughs> right? <laughs> because right, it's right. an elephant that flies and it's got big eyes. Yeah. You know, it's cute. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm happy for us. That's making a, a good amount of money there. It's such a little budget. It's made a hundred million dollars over its budget in its second yeah, week. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, the, just to, to put that in perspective, um, the 10 day total on us is $127 million. The 10 day total on Jordan Peele's previous film, Get Out, was $78 million. Um, so it's tracking a good bit above that. That's to be expected with a, you know, a coming off of a movie like Get Out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so good for him, good for the studio. Um, and, you know, maybe I'll give a review of that at some point. Um, but, but it's a solid flick. So, yeah. Yeah, I want to see it. I really do. Yeah. Definitely interested in that. <clears throat> and then, um, yeah, of course, like I said, Captain Marvel down number three slot. What, what's Captain Marvel up to worldwide, Dustin? Do you know? Uh, worldwide, it's up to 992 million. Okay, so it'll cross over a billion yeah. next weekend for sure, yeah. which is going to be huge. Um, although, how yeah. much did Wonder Woman make internationally? Do you remember? Off the, was it over a billion? I, feel like I it, can check. I feel like it I, was. I can check. I'd be a little shocked if it wasn't. Um, uh, worldwide. 821 million. Oh, okay. Yep. And just real quick, I have a, <laughs> and that's why I, I, I was sort of hoping it wouldn't make as much as Wonder Woman because I feel like Wonder Woman's a better film, even, even with its, I would agree, even with its messy third act. Um, I, I feel, I feel like Captain Marvel was easily just as messy in its third although, act. And, 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 and first and second as well. Um, well, that too, yes. <laughs> Um, but the fact that it's going to cross the billion dollar mark, that's going to just shut everybody up who, who wants to have a substantive conversation about which film is better. And it's right. even that conversation is stupid because it, the, you know, just to compare, like nothing is more sexist than comparing the female led superhero film to the other female led superhero film. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and to exactly. reduce it to, to a competition like that. Um, exactly. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I already said my piece on Captain Marvel. It's a little bit outdated for us to discuss it at this point. Um, yeah, but I, I was, I was let down by Captain Marvel and by Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, it just, it kind of opened this larger conversation 
between well between me and myself um <laughs> about which of these mar- like at what point like i was thinking like okay after endgame comes out i think i'm gonna be really selective about which of these marvel films i purchase because at yeah. this point i own all of them except captain Mar- mm. all the ones that are available for home release i own and yeah. I was like, does that include the Incredible Hulk? Yes, I, I own the Incredible Hulk, and I, I have it on. I do have that as well. Okay. So. <laughs> um, I, I'm gonna, you know, like so some of those I'm not gonna, especially after like Endgame wraps up. There's some of those I might not watch again. I'm just yeah. not gonna feel the need to. I'm just yeah. gonna revisit the the ones I like, the big ones I like, and and they're gonna sort of dwindle. And I just think like, you know, I don't know. I just want to really buy the movies I'm gonna rewatch over and over again. Um, right. even within this franchise. And I just thought, cause I bought man, 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 the Wasp sight unseen. I had, I watched it on my own copy and I wished I gotcha. hadn't when I finished it. And I'm yeah, yeah. thinking about not buying captain Marvel because it doesn't affect the continuity really at all to me. Yeah. Um, and I just don't, it's, I'm not interested in seeing the movie again. Yeah. I, I'm definitely not going to buy captain. Marvel. Yeah. And it's just kind of, you know, I'm not gonna buy one. There's no either. upside to owning it. Yeah. So that's a, that's a you know that's sort of like a, a piece of a past conversation we've had but um yeah, yeah. yeah but moving forward um yeah like you said this weekend coming out is Shazam um which by all accounts looks like it's good um yeah you know uh it's got a 93 on Rotten Tomatoes currently um so so we'll see the problem and it's not even the problem the the, the potential issue i see um Maybe it's not an issue. Maybe because because everyone might go, hey, we're all making money, you know. And I'm sure that that's how Disney and, and Warner Brothers sees it. I'm starting mm-hmm. to see like what could potentially lead to brand confusion mm-hmm. with with between the Marvel and DC because with Shazam having such a light and comedic tone, especially in its marketing, and a really, I don't know, like relative relative to their other um, cinematic heroes thus far, mm-hmm. a relatively relatable um, protagonist. Um, mm-hmm. I see I see people not necessarily knowing what which IP they're they're going to see. They just see Shazam, it looks funny, we're going to go see it. It seems kind of, you know, comedic and and I feel like again like both companies maybe stand to benefit from that or at least Warner Brothers does cuz cuz I bet some people are going to see that thinking it's a Marvel movie. <laughs> Well, I, I I would agree, and I think that um, you know the characters have done a good job of standing separate for as long as they have in the comics. I think when you're dealing with the with the lay person um, who's just going to see a movie, um, there may be some of that, um, but it would be about the same as you know like a lay person knowing the difference between a DreamWorks and a Pixar film. Um, I think the lay person probably doesn't doesn't truly care. Um, and, and doesn't really know what that means. And so, um, so I think it'd be about the same as, as something like that. Yeah. Well, it looks, it looks entertaining and I'm curious to see how it does at the box office. Um, yeah. Like you said, expected to get number one. Um, yep. Also got Pet Cemetery, which is weird for me because this is the first film. Not only is it weird to like drive home from work and see like a billboard for a movie, yeah, in Mobile, but yeah. I'm pretty sure this is the first billboard advertisement for a film I might have ever seen. Really, and I'm not sure what's what about why here, except yeah. that maybe it's I don't know. I imagine it was cheap to a degree. Who knows? Right, right. Um, I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, so I don't even know what Pet Cemetery is about. I just know it's based on a Stephen King uh, book, and it's got a previous incarnation. Yes. Yeah, it's about, you know, things in the cemetery not necessarily staying dead. Okay. It seems like cool in the 80s. Yeah. Sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah they'll, they'll play up the visuals a little bit with, like, creepy masks and stuff yeah. and call it a day. Oh, great. Okay, cool. All right, let's move. <laughs> um, is there anything else coming out this weekend that's that's of note? I'm looking at... I think that's about things. it. A couple other things, but not like nothing I've heard any buzz about at all. Yeah. Okay, yeah. weird. All right. All right, let's move on to the film news. Uh, this film news is a couple of weeks, two or three weeks old on the initial um, uh, uh, announcement, but... It's still pretty exciting, uh, especially for our show as we've covered this subject pretty extensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Whenever there's a twist or turn in the case, there we were. Um, Disney has reinstated James Gunn as director of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Uh, already was going to use his script um, that he already penned, um, but they have the impossible has become possible, and they. They reversed their decision on on firing him from the film, and he's now back in place, uh, full speed ahead on Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, Thank the Lord. Yes. And, um, of course, if you're listening to our show, you know why, um, and you may have already known the news. Maybe you wondered well, how we felt. I'm, I'm sure it was obvious. Uh, we're very excited. Um, yeah. We... We were we were not happy with the the firing to begin with, as was most of the internet, and um, and and uh, we all were like, oh yeah, it's a long shot. To, but I, you know, I I will say I held out hope they'd reverse yeah. the decision because there was talk that there were meetings between Alan Horn and James Gunn, and that there was like they're right. still not going to hire them. And what it seems like now is that those meetings happened. And they came out of them and said, no, we're sticking with the decision. But what I, what I, what seems like happened was they said, just lay low for a little bit. Let's just ride this out. I don't know. Or, or not. I just know that I'm look. I've got three articles pulled up about, about James Gunn, you know, about everything that's happened. Um, hmm. And one of them claims, you know, like, here's why, you know, this one, this is on the Atlantic um, about what changed De- Disney's mind. It says, uh, per deadline, Horn, Alan Horn, was impressed with James Gunn's public and private comportment after the firing. I don't know, he has to use all these big words, but comportment is <laughs> conduct. Um, the director did not blame Disney, and he was not involved in any additional scandals. The narrative that Gunn's firing had been engineered by uh, right-wing Twitter personalities who were angry about the director's criticism of President Donald Trump also gained prominence. Thus, Gunn continued to get work, and he was hired by Warner Brothers last October to write a new Suicide Squad film for the rival DC Comics movie universe, a project that he will complete before returning to Marvel for Guardians 3. In other words, Gunn's quiet and straightforward handling of the entire situation, combined with the Hollywood establishment's continued support of him, turned the tide in his favor. Pretty much, he didn't, yeah, he didn't punch back at them. He didn't say anything stupid. He shut his mouth. He, he got off Twitter. Um, and... Another studio saw him as continue as 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 um, employable still and hired him and so yep. essentially at that point now Dustin you know in case you haven't been listening to the daily shows that I, I'm apt to do um, in between these 
mm-hmm. I have a recurring theme about morality and corporations. Uh-huh. And the recurring theme is corporations are not people. They don't have feelings. Right. They don't care about you unless you have money. Mm-hmm. And they only appear to care about you when it is parallel to them receiving your money. So yes. I'm glad that Disney rehired James Gunn. It was the right thing to do. And like Zoe Saldana is like, I'm glad that I'm so proud of Disney for like showing that, that redemption is an important, is, is an important thing and all stuff. That's all great. That's not why they did yeah. it. They did it right. because they knew whoever they picked to direct the film was not going to be good enough. And it was going to create, I mean, they, they, they waited months to make a decision on this. Now, the, they're claiming they never, ever considered another director um, to replace him because there were talks online who would replace him, you know. Right. Um, and according to them, like there was never there were never going there were never actual discussions held about that. So Horn claims that he decided months ago that he was going to rehire James. I think what mm-hmm. he said, I think what that means to me is. We waited and studied the metrics and we decided whether or not this was going to hurt us financially. And then we made the decision. Yeah. Disney yeah. fired James Gunn because they thought they're going to lose money if they kept him on. And then after a few months, they realized, no, we'll make money only if we keep him on. So they rehired yeah. him. Now it's a little Cinderella story. That's great. But it's not because of the right thing. It's because of money. I'm still glad it happened, but I'm too cynical and too experienced to... to to be convinced otherwise, like this is about money and that's fine. But before everyone cheers for Disney, just remember yeah. that they also made a Dumbo movie. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I wouldn't cheer for Disney. Um, what I would do is, is say, I think that Kevin Feige probably, um, had something to do personally with his reinstatement. Um, I could be wrong, um, but the way that it reads to me is that he personally, you know, yes, money is important to him as well um, because he is on the hook, so to speak, for Disney making money. Um, And so if he doesn't make money, then he doesn't have a job. However, um, I do think that probably on a personal level, he was he had a special, you know, investment in this. Um, and so, so yeah, I, I would, I would say, uh, hold, hold the phone on cheering Disney, but, um, why don't we say, give an attaboy to Kevin Feige while, while we're at it. I agree. Um, because I, I think he had a lot to do with this. He had to have, and, and, and Kevin Feige always seemed to be like, like Kevin Feige, I'm sure doesn't need the money. Um, and doesn't like, I don't think that man is afraid for his job at any point. Like he got into the business because he loves doing all this. And I'm sure the minute he stops loving it is the minute he just goes and does something else. Um, But I agree with you. It it seems to me that he values loyalty and he knows when he's found good people. And so I think when it happened, he was like, okay. And because we, I remember you brought this up. You said the person who's being uncharacteristically quiet, not uncharacteristically, but the person who's being silent during all this the most is Kevin Feige. He hasn't released a statement. He has not said a word about it. Yeah. And we, at the time, the the idea was he has to be working behind the scenes to broker some sort of peace between Disney and James Gunn. Right. and, and, And you have to think he was just like, everyone just be cool. Like there's a way to do this. Just, just you yeah. go over there. I'm going to talk to them. Hey, come here. Let me talk to you. 
And and it's and it's highly probable that the tactic he used on that, you know, in dealing with Disney was um, did did you see the outpouring of support yeah. for him? Yep. That that many people will not see the next movie just out of principle. Yeah. Um, you're going to lose money yep. if you don't reinstate him. And and I think I think that would have caught Disney's ear a little more than, hey, he's changed. You know, right. he's not that guy anymore. Because right. that, because so, that's yeah. you know, because Disney. Remember, Disney, Disney fired Kevin Hart. Disney fired Roseanne Barr. Disney, Disney will yeah. fire you if if the profit margins are are. are and I hate. I don't want to sound like a big like anti corporate like whatever. I'm just saying like it's it to me it's plain as day. Like it's you know, it's great when good things happen because of money, <laughs> but right, right, but, right, but but never be confused about why they happen. But yeah, that's exactly what he had to have done was just go up and show them like a, like a pie chart and be like, okay. <laughs> and right. I guarantee you, and I'm sure you might agree that the Estrella birth the camel's back is the, you know, I like to think that Kevin Feige, you know, sort of like burst into Alan Horn's office one day and Alan Horn's like, what's the meaning of this? And Kevin Feige throws down a, a, like an actual analog newspaper and the cover is <laughs> is Warner Brothers hires James Gunn for Suicide Squad sequel. And Alan Horn was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> right 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 and they're right. like okay we really need to think because you know alan horn's like yeah i decided months ago like months ago like october months ago like when he right. was hired by warner brothers right. so um yep yeah you know you know who um who probably had zero impact on this decision was dave batista yeah probably <laughs> he didn't have made much, noise yeah, for like eight months say. and they were like okay right. well, whatever <laughs> you shut up right 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 <laughs> So, um, anyway, it's, it's, it's great news. I'm happy. And I'm, I'm really, I know the fans are all happy that the, the trilogy, cause I, I was happy that they're going to keep his script. Yeah. And yeah. that was the first time that I thought there has to be a way out of this. Cause I was like, they're going to keep his script. So clearly they're not monsters like that yeah. to me. was like, that's the only decision that seemed to be made at the time that was not about image or money was, yeah. well, they're keeping his script. Like his right. script doesn't bring, doesn't put asses in seats. Right. So that's curious to me. And that was, but it's probably bought and paid for. And they're like, oh, or we can just not spend any more money on scripts. <laughs> <laughs> or that too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're right, Dustin. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know, man, but, um, but I, I, I'm super glad that it ended up the way that it ended up. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. All right. That's great stuff. Um, okay. You know what? Um, we're going to talk about a movie next before we do that. We're going to go ahead and throw it to a break real quick. So yeah. Is that cool, Dustin? I'm cool with that. All right. So yeah, when we come back, the Hoopercast movie hour continues. We're going to talk about triple frontier on Netflix right now. with hoopa cow <laughs> why did you peter out just like so quickly into that sentence yeah, we're back with i didn't even make it like out of the break <laughs> <laughs> 
I didn't make it at all. Um, back with the... Did you have enough air in your lungs? <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah, that was the problem. I talked when I was at full exhale. <laughs> I got punched in the stomach before I started talking. <laughs> and my lung collapsed. <laughs> um, back with the Hoopercast Movie Hour. Thank you all for listening and staying with us. And uh, try the infatuation.com. <laughs> so, Dustin. Yes. Let's talk about movies for roughly a half hour. Um, Let's do it. On the Hoopercast Movie Hour. So, we each watched Triple Frontier, which is the um, one of the new, I was going to say like the latest Netflix thing, but then we were like on it last night and it's like, hey, check out this Woody Harrelson thing. Yep, <laughs> so, yep, the Highwaymen. Okay, yep. great. <laughs> the cycle's already continued. Right. <laughs> there is no newest Netflix anything. I'm pretty resistant to these these Netflix push things because they they put it right up front and they just start rolling the trailer it's like i'm not here for you and then like i think last night my wife was like hey um it's like oh what is that like the you know she played right into it goes oh that's what is this that's interesting is this oh bonnie and clyde that's cool i was just like no it's not (laughs) it's like stop this isn't what we came here for right right um but triple frontier i think attracted um me enough to to watch it because the the cast uh, is so cool. I like Oscar Isaac. I mean, I knew, I knew all those all those actors: Oscar Isaac, Ben Affleck, Garrett Hedlund, uh, Pedro Pascal, uh, and Charlie Hunnam. Yeah, Charlie Hunnam. Um, enough enough to sort of you know enough to sit down and watch it. Um, sure. So you said you watched this today? I did. Yeah, it's fresh. Oh, wow, I watched it on Friday night. Pretty okay. fresh for me too. I mean, like the gotcha. perfect window of like fresh but 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 objective right 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 right. so that's good too um yeah so do you want to set up the film the plot yeah sure um triple frontier is directed by jc uh shandor um the the basic premise here is a group of ex-military men who uh reunite to take down a drug lord um and and take his money so that they can, you know, be paid and compensated what they feel they are due. Um, because each of them kind of struggles in their own way, you know, after military life. Um, and so, um, there's this undercurrent of, uh, the idea that America doesn't quite take care of its veterans. Um, and, um, and these guys kind of set off on, on a path to take care of themselves. And so, um, yeah, that leads them into some, uh, risky and criminal activity. Um, however noble their cause may be, um, they are, um, inevitably weighed down by, uh, morality and by their own sort of infighting and bickering. Um, so, so, you know, generally speaking, it's, it's, um, a morality tale and it's one of, you know, brotherhood and all the other tropes that you've come to associate with, you know, these types of movies. Um, whether that be, uh, you know, sort of a, a military movie or a heist movie, which this is both. Um, so, um, expect heavy doses of, you know, all of those normal tropes, but yeah, that's triple frontier. Yeah. Um, so, I went into this movie with really no expectations. Yeah. Um, Same. You know, and, and I, I sort of was met with about what I expected. Um, I yeah. I would probably give this movie a three, 
three stars, three out of five stars. I thought it was yeah, fine. Um, yeah. You know, competently shot. Um, I didn't really have any problems with it. I mean, I, I thought that, you know, I, I knew they were trying to say something with the, with, you know, talk about veterans and, and um, hmm. like I was sort of muddled on the message sort of until I kind of came away from it a little bit. Um, my hmm. initial, I put an initial post down on Instagram about it and I sort of thought like, okay, I, I, I know there's a message. I'm just not exactly sure what it was, except that, except that, yeah, it's hard to, it's hard to, yeah, it's hard to, to be, to be a military man and then to come to civilian life, but they don't show it from like the depression point of view. They do, yeah. but they, they're, they're tackling it more from the economic point of view. Yeah, like, yeah. They're, you know, Ben Affleck can't afford a new truck. Uh, the other dude has to like fight for a living, uh, you know, and, yeah. and they're all f- f- here and there relegated to shady work for contractors, which however legitimate they may be as they are being paid by, you know, a large corporation to, to, to go run these little recce's for, um, in random countries, it's still borderline, definitely, definitely immoral work and, and on the fringes of legality, um, yeah. depending on what mission it is. So, um, yeah. So there is the interest there, but mainly what I was there for was the actors. And, uh, and I soon learned, uh, the cinematography, I sort yeah. of was was kind of brought in by, I thought uh, I, not sure exactly where they shot. They shot in a lot. They shot on location. I mean, they shot in a lot of really exotic locations. They shot. Um, I think they're on the edge of a volcano during that rock part. Um, yeah. They shot yeah. in some really great um, locations, and um, I don't know between that and whatever camera they were shooting on, I was just like, wow, like it was it was a pretty film to look at. Um, yeah, it was, and I really appreciated that, and, and the pops of color and the, the the kind of the changes in landscape. They really uh, run the gamut of like the you know kind of like this dense jungle to like this sort of rocky labyrinth, um, and uh, and finally like a beach. And um, so that was that that was those are interesting films, things that the film has going for it. Um, but why I felt like it didn't have, have going for it, and its weakest point to me was the story. I yep. wasn't really sold on um why i should care about these men um yeah other than the obvious like you know because they're american veterans and um because they're actors you know um yeah i it was you know they they've planned this heist and they get everyone together and i was like cool it's gonna be cool um and but then at a certain point in the mission like their behavior just it's it's like it's like one of the horcruxes suddenly is around somebody's neck and they're just acting totally irrationally yeah, and yeah. and creating problems that ripple across you know the rest of and not even that really ripple across I, I i don't even want to be so generous as to say that decisions are made that in a good script would snowball yeah. but they don't really snowball it's like a chunk like it affects the next scene but not the scene after it and yeah. then something in the third scene will happen that affects the fourth scene. It's like they, they happen in pairs, but the ripple is never continuous. It, does that yeah, make sense? <laughs> it does. It does. Um, it kind of felt to me like it was, you know, like three maybe episodes of a mini series. It didn't feel like they were like super connected. Yeah. Um, so you've got like the, the first chunk and mm-hmm. and then like I could see like the credits rolling when they find what they find. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and then and then like the that second chunk of you know of obstacles being episode two and then your conclusion episode three essentially just break the three act structure out into three episodes um i i could see that very well but but specifically that first chunk um feels almost like a self-contained story in and of itself yeah um so so it, it is weird in that way and so to me it didn't feel like it 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 carried over throughout the film but it was like you're right like this scene leads into the next but then like we'll start something different and that'll lead into the next thing and then the next thing but then we'll start something different and that leads into the next thing and the next thing and then it starts something different and so and it kept kind of reinventing itself um and that's okay um but but i would agree it muddies the story and it makes it a little less interesting to watch when it doesn't feel like the choices that are being made are actively shaping everything from here on out. Yeah, it was just it was just weak. Um, it, it could have yeah. been it could have been way better. The character work. I mean, they, they all have like an established dynamic. Like I'm not even sure yeah. what it really is. Like the actors are all doing um, a pretty good job, except for except for the usual to me the usual wooden performances from or predictable performances from people like Ben Affleck. Yeah. And Charlie Hunnam, especially. Yeah. Um, yeah. Charlie Hunnam has one character, and yes. then he just sort of does, and he does it well, and he's he's a good like physical actor. Yeah. But like, I never get the impression that he's different people <laughs> when I see him. Well, Garrett Headland has the same problem. Sure, but Garrett Headland, yeah, he's kind. Of, yeah, that's true. But he, you know, wh- he, whether he gets, he's he kind of I don't know what it is. Like he's he he's got he he might have two or three characters. <laughs> yeah yeah like, it's still it's still a small number yeah it's it's a small number but i always he's more watchable though to me yeah i'm not I would sure agree. what it is about him I would but agree. He, he does have this this kind of silent charisma that um that, that sort of elevates him a little bit um oscar isaac's you know he's him actually the the, the main the people i liked the most in the movie are oscar isaac and pedro pascal i thought did the best job with their yeah. performances um, I hadn't seen Pedro Pascal in anything other than Game of Thrones. Mm. So I had no concept of what he was like in a modern setting. <laughs> right, right, right. Not right, being right. a prince. Well, and I, I think this kind of is one of the movie's weakest points, right, is is character. And, th- and this has been one of my things going back, if you if you hear me ever talk about like uh, war movies, um, one of the things that bothers me is is you're introducing so many people that a lot of times they get just kind of cut down to like a single character trait. Um, and then they become known for that thing. And war movies are kind of the worst about it because then they'll give the, the nickname to the person based on that character trait. Mm-hmm. So then you're kind of calling them their character trait throughout the film. Um, and so, and so it ends up kind of feeling forced and like, Oh, that's the character that does this thing. And like, he's the cook. And, and so then you, that's all you know about them right yeah and so um and and so this kind of had that same issue where um we have all of these characters um and they are you know good at what they're good at and they have some semblance of character dynamic and some semblance of you know deep ish like deep characterization but at the end of the day they're still pretty shallow and, and and the film's a little long, I feel like. And 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 by the end of it, you really start to see how thin these characters are. Um that there's there's not much more to them than 
um, than what the story needs them to do. Um, so I, I guess to prove my point, do you want to do you want to jump into spoilers? Yeah, let's go, let's go ahead and jump it. The, the, the just to, to wrap up non spoiler. I mean, yeah, Triple Frontier is worth watching if you're bored, like on on yeah. Netflix. But there's other yeah. there's better things to watch. Like this this made me. If you want to talk about like oh how life is tough for veterans, also on Netflix, The Hurt Locker. Go watch that. Yeah, yeah, and and the, the movie's good, kind of harmless entertainment, yeah. but but it, it, there's better things. to And the watch action on, is well shot. I mean, it's not like yeah, I, it I, is. I will say I, I appreciate the action filmmaking. It wasn't like overly gratuitous or, or glorified or anything like that. It was yeah. just straight, you know, relatively. I felt like very realistic treatment of 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 you know um, of live fire. Um, right in in movies in military combat so um if you appreciate that about it then i felt like that was one of the pluses of the film as well but yeah we're gonna jump into spoilers real quick so if you don't want to be spoiled on um any of the plot elements of triple frontier then uh we'll see you next week um but if you don't care if you did see the movie here we go yeah so so characterization is, is sort of the big thing and so one thing that i would point to is is the characterization of somebody like Ben Affleck or even Charlie Hunnam's character. Um, th- those two characters kind of felt to me like they had um, a very strong sense of duty or a very strong sense of like, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, very headstrong characters. Um, and, and what gets muddy for me is um, when they find the money in the drug lord's, uh, his, his house. Yeah, um, literally in his house. Yes, the house is a safe. Um, ben Affleck is the one who is like, no, 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 let's get more, let's get more, let's get more. Which, which I I can buy to a point, mm-hmm. but they didn't exaggerate his money issues enough to mm-hmm. sell me on the point, right? Um, it would be one thing, like they said, oh, he's got bills to pay, he's got to pay child support, he's got to pay whatever, whatever. Okay, fine, like I get it, but at the end of the day. Um, what they had already pulled out of those walls was more than enough. Yeah, um, and I felt like his character was so careful. Like he should have been mature yeah. enough to realize, like, hey, just doing the mission in and of itself is going to give me way more than I need. And Charlie Hunnam, maybe him and Garrett Helen both are are the characters who are a little more hot headed and 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 brash. Um, I feel like it, that role could have gone to either one of them. It, but it then, got, yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe Garrett Headland is the better example. I feel like but Garrett Headland would be the best person to have been greedy about the money, yeah. And maybe Pedro Pascal because he's gonna just run out on his coke charge or whatever, right? Or or at the end of the day, it's a it's a switcheroo and Oscar Isaac, you know, yeah. he, he reveals like guys like I need the money, like I'm I'm in way over my head, yeah. and like he they're like, dude, we have to go, and he's like, no no no, I gotta get more, I gotta get more, I gotta more, and then and then we reveal like they reveal, oh, he's in debt to the mob, or, yeah, or whatever it is, yeah, that would been yeah. Um, and and so now you have like this twist that's kind of have, interesting. You already have that revelation of like, oh, I didn't tell you guys everything kind of thing. Right. So you just have more and more of him not telling them everything. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And them kind of calling him on it. And 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 that deepens that character and maybe all of them in the process. But in, in the end it goes to Ben Affleck and, and I felt like that was kind of throwaway. And then and then by the end of it, it's just inconsistent. It was weird. It, yeah, it was inconsistent it because track. then 
Then what's weird is like, then you have the Garrett Headland character who, again, to me, feels like he's more apt to like want the money, right? He's the one saying, I want the Ferrari. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and then, and then, and then he's like burning it to stay warm. Yeah. And they're all laughing. And, and so I'm like, but these are the same characters that wouldn't cut it loose from the helicopter, yep. that wouldn't leave the house until they had all of it. That This is the same characters. And I know that this is a dire situation and maybe, you know, maybe $500,000 is a small price to pay for a warm fire. Sure. But, but it does seem, it does seem weird that they were all kind of on board and laughing at that. Um, and then, and then like at the end, when they all give their shares to Ben Affleck's family, it's like, well, but now the whole thing's kind of weird because these characters weren't set up as like moral, uh, you know, figureheads. They were, they're shady from the get go. And I understand the theme of brotherhood and I understand, oh, he lost his life. And I understand all of that, but it felt out of character. Um, like for all of them to do that felt yeah. strange to me. I, I, and, the first thing I thought was one of them should have been like, no, I, I went through too much. I'm keeping it. And that would have shown some alternate side of the mercenaries debate. Like, I'm sorry for their loss, but I did a job and I need to be paid because I need money too. And to me, that goes to Pedro Pascal, right? Yeah. To say like, no, this is, this is mine. Yeah. Like he's, he's the one who's saying like, kill them. We have to go. Yeah. Right. And then at the end, when he gets his money, I feel like he's the one that says, no, like I, I did my job. Yeah. You guys put me at risk mm-hmm. and I did my job. I didn't even want to come. Right. Exactly. And then, and then if you want the happy sappy ending, yep. then you have them convince him. Right. And, and, and then you still get it, but you still get like the conflict and the drama of that they're not all the same person. And that that's where it kind of where it kind of was muddy for me is they all kind of felt interchangeable at that point by the end, because there's no alternate point of view. They're all doing the exact same thing. So what's the point of really having four characters? <sighs> Yeah. If they're not different enough to to even butt heads, because because in any other thing, there's always like the one guy who who who's gonna butt heads with everybody just because, mm-hmm. and and maybe that's just a trope, right? But at the end of the day, it's also a little realistic because you have like that that even even though it's a trope and it's stereotype, it's because it's it's rooted in reality in that we know there's there is always the guy. There's always the one guy. And and so, you know, I feel like by the end, they just all felt interchangeable. Um, and 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 it missed some good character moments. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. It, it, it just felt like it lacked in the character department for me, even though I liked the characters. Like you said, I, I liked them. I rooted for them. Yeah. But but it they weren't like. They weren't memorable characters and, and beyond maybe a couple of character traits. I can't tell you what, like about them as people. Yeah. It's, it's, it's one of those things where if you're sitting there and you're in like the, the, the writing process and, you, and you're sort of like, you know, you're going through drafts of the screenplay. It's like, if you and I were co-writing this film with, with, with whoever wrote the movie, 
um, which I think actually was Mark Bowl, didn't he? Wasn't he like one of the writers? Or one oh, of the yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So if you're one of those, you know, okay, so there's the, here, here's the third draft. We're going to read it. It's like, okay, so it looks like you've done the emotional pass on this and that's great. We need to go back and do a pass on like, and I've, you know, I was reading screenwriting book lately and listening to a couple of shows and stuff. And, and there's an idea in storytelling. Um, actually Stephen King said this too, where there's like, you can sort of get away with a little bit of like, that wouldn't happen that way. Or that's not how this sort of thing works. Um, in order to achieve the emotional impact you need to achieve, you know, to tell the yeah. story, he says, yeah. there's always going to be a couple of a-holes who are going to write you an angry letter that you didn't get the, you know, the gun name right or whatever. Right. But, but you don't want to have like a clinical textbook of a screenplay that's just going to have yeah. every detail right, but zero interesting parts. Right. But this screenplay that there are elements of where it's like, I need to get them. I need to put them in situations. I, like I need for the plan to go wrong in many ways. Yeah. Like, yeah. But you also set up hyper competent characters. Yeah. And even though they have something to lose and they all have high, you know, have the reasons why they need the money, you still have the Ben Affleck character arriving at the drop point with all this money and being like, Hey, we can put more money on the helicopter. It's like, Hey, you would have asked, how are we getting out of here? How yeah. much can the thing carry? How the, how big are the vans? What's their payload? Like, And he would have just known, like, we can't keep staying here. And he's like, yeah, I already figured in the extra 14 minutes, whatever. It's like, okay, cool. So he figured it in. That was fine. That was consistent with character. Like the, He built in extra time for them to load up more money. Like, okay, yeah. so that shows premeditated. Like, this guy is still a careful planner, even when he's being kind of a crazy asshole who's going to get some more money. But then... Yeah. After that, everything else he does, it's like, yeah, we can load up. What about her? It's like, and, and they build up all this tension with the woman. And it's like nothing happened to her. I thought right. he was going to murder her. Right. And, exactly. And that would have actually meant something. Although now well, he, then he murders the villager later. So I, I, it's just a mess. Like it just doesn't make sense. But but that's so this this is another big thing is setup and payoff is is big mm-hmm. and and they clearly set up her saying he asked me if you were honest mm-hmm. right they she set that up yeah. and so as, as as obvious then as it is if he's not honest if he betrays them it, it it's it's a good payoff if he betrays them or if he doesn't. But but then there has to be like a grand moment where they think he might betray them. Yeah. Right. And and that's how you pay off a line like, no, actually, he said you were honest. Why did he say that? Because I asked him if he could trust you. Yeah. Right. That's the line. Then you need the payoff of at some point they all say, can we trust you? Mm-hmm. All of them need to say that. And and he needs to have his motives checked and and then the payoff is either he can't be trusted or he can but it works either way it was just the the ben affleck character comes off looking cartoonishly greedy because he's saying things like no push it over the mountain you know that's not possible man you know it's not possible what are you doing he's like yeah yeah go ahead go for it hey we're not in a hurry we're in the fastest most efficient mode of transportation in the entire country these people might be after us but they're in like jeeps and stuff we're in a helicopter we're fine we can go around these mountains that will take them hours to get around (laughs) i yeah i kept thinking like why not just leave some of the money leave some of the money like in an like 
an off the beaten track place, yeah. camouflage it, take some of it, mm-hmm. go away, buy a bigger helicopter and come <laughs> back for the rest of it. Yeah. Like it's, it's very easy. I, I didn't understand why it was, no, we have to take all of it and we have to take all of it now. And even Pedro Pascal saying, look, it won't, it won't fly. And then they're like, are you sure? And he's like, I guess it will. Yeah. And it's just like, it's like, that's such a big change. Like have these characters stand for something. They need their own unique point of view. And that's like, that. that's sort of indicative of the whole movie is a character says, no, we shouldn't. And then they say, are you sure? And he goes, okay, we can. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> and that, that became indicative of every character. Yeah. Don't do this. Eh, I'm fine. That's okay. Don't burn the money. Oh, it's cool. It's fine. Yeah, let's just burn the you money. Know? And then like, why yeah. did we burn the money? Like you all told me it was like when he's like it was We're, your stupid fire that got him killed. If I were Garrett Head, then I'd be like, You guys all said it was fine. Right. <laughs> you exactly. said it was okay. Exactly. I don't know what you want. Yeah, it makes no sense. It's weird. Yeah, it, it's one of those things where it's like like someone God, who was it? Somebody was like, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It's like and it's where I come off sound like an elitist prick because like, I want to say like, Hey, like it's, it, there's a difference between like enjoying something that's not asking you to believe too much. But like, yeah. I don't know what it is, Dustin, because part of me is like, part of me really feels, and this is going to sound, Oh God. All right. Forget it. I'm just going to sound conceited. Sure. I feel like I'm more in tune with what, with, with when movies go wrong and when they don't than most people. And I think that's fair to say, because I don't think most people think about it. It's not really me saying I'm smarter than everyone. It's saying, I don't think most people, most people, I I expect much less of a football game than my dad does. I'm sure he sees stuff that frustrates him. That doesn't bother me because he's a fan of football and I'm not as much of a fan of football. Okay. So conversely, I see logical inconsistencies in movies all the time. And it's not the Stephen King thing where it's like, Oh, Oh, this needs to be accurate. It's like, no, this doesn't make sense with the rules you've set up, the characters you've set up, the internal yeah. logic, and just doesn't doesn't track emotionally. And especially right. with how realistically you're gonna treat the action and like the yeah. themes and all that stuff of this film. This film yeah. to me, you've established this reads as hyper real. These are real characters with real problems, and there's mild dramatization, but this is a fairly straightforward, quote unquote, realistic narrative. And you yeah. suddenly present me with a character who's super careful, refused to come on this mission three times. And then yep. he gets in there, and as soon as they seize these the money, he goes, "Let's take as much of it as we can." Right, <laughs> right. Like, it doesn't. It doesn't add. It doesn't up. track at all. So no, it doesn't. Th- I have a problem with that. Now most people might go, "Oh, interesting." Like he's getting greedy, and it's like, don't you care that this makes no sense? Right, <laughs> and, right, and, exactly. And they look exactly. at me, and their, it, and their eyes are rolling back, and they're going, "No, I don't." Right. Well, so my my thing is like you can you can absolutely enjoy something and then and then understand where it went wrong. Yes. Right. So so in this case, I enjoyed the movie. Yeah. Like I a it's lot fine. of times when I watch a movie and especially if I do it while I'm kind of working on other things, I find myself kind of just listening to it. Mm-hmm. But I, I was I was pretty riveted. You know, I, I, I really, really watched this movie. Yeah. Um, and part of that is because some of it is subtitled in Spanish and I had to, yeah. but, but, but well, also because, design, you know, yeah, good shot, at. good yeah. cinematography. You know, it's, it, it actually was fun to watch, yes. but, but here, here's the thing. There's a difference between being entertained for two hours and, and having a good piece of art that stays with you for the rest of the day or week or month or your life. Um, those are two different things. And, and so while you'll always enjoy 
um, something that is artistic and, and stays with you, um, that's not always fun to watch. And conversely, the things that are fun to watch often don't mean anything or often don't stick with you. And so I think what, what we're doing more than saying like the movie is bad or the movie's not worth your time or the movie is, you know, just a, a riddled mess of nonsense. Instead, I think what we're what we're getting at, at least what I'm getting at, is is there are plenty of ways that this movie could have been improved. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's all the missed opportunities. I wouldn't call them like sins. I would call them missed opportunities. We would and never so, call them sins. Right. Yeah. That ding. would be, that would be stupid. Um, and right. Exactly. <laughs> and, and clear, clear copying somebody else. Yes. But, but at the end of the day, like, like for me, these are just opportunities, like talking about Oscar Isaac doing that instead of Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm you know, one character doing well, this rather than another that, character. That's your protagonist, basically. Imagine if yes. all of a sudden he was like, he he sort of flipped and was like not trustworthy. Imagine the insecurities yeah. of the viewer like, oh my God, like we like this guy. What are we supposed to do right. now? We got to trust these people we sort of know. That would have been yeah. interesting. Yep. Yep. But, but that's a missed opportunity. Yeah. And, and so it's not a movie breaker, but it no. is a missed opportunity. And so at the end of the day, even though you haven't, uh, like the movie isn't broken, you can look at it and say, here's where a three star could have been a five star. And, and then, and then, and that's what we're doing. I I don't think either one of us are saying this movie is awful and it's not worth your time. I think we're just saying it's middle of the road and could have been improved. Um, And, 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 and I'll say that while also saying I enjoyed watching it. And I think that the, the, there's, there's something to be said for the fact that, all the elements of this movie work. Like all the people are fine. The directing yeah. is fine. Like yeah. all, all the team members, you to improve this movie, it's not a matter of, Oh, it needed a better director. It needed, but it, it, it simply, it had all the elements. It just misplaced a couple of them and it put a couple of things in the wrong place. It's, you know, yep. and that's almost, it's more and less of a shame at the same time because those elements make it watchable, but those yeah. same elements make it heartbreaking that, Oh, but, but you had these people and you had these, yeah. these narrative elements and all it took yeah. was just to move a few pieces around and it could yep. have been a four star movie at least, you know, yeah. it wouldn't have hit any yeah. emotional highs, but it would have been like, wow, that was a tight story. That was well shot. Pretty yep. good action. Had something to say. That's oh, a three yep. and a half, four star, you know? And, yep. and that's sort of, it's sort of like as the movie goes, when it comes to, this is my final point as when it comes to like something being watchable, but sort of, the moments you realize where it's not going to be a five star movie, it's sort of to me. It's like I'm I'm at a party and I go to a party. Yeah. It's like hey, um, let, let her and for the sake of this analogy, we're going to establish that that me drinking at a party has a hundred percent to do with how enjoyable the party is when I get mm-hmm. there. Like without yeah. anything, right? So I'm there yep. for an hour. It's like okay, like you know, you go there and it's like oh cool. There's like a pool. There's like you know, and then like an hour and you go okay this looked cool when I got here, but I've talked to a few people and this is pretty rough. I'm going to go have yeah. a, I'm going to go have a martini. So you're one martini yeah. deep and so you're like, okay, this party took me one martini to enjoy. And then an hour later, you're like, this hasn't gotten any better. I need another one. So you leave the party and you've had like three or four martinis and you're like, yeah, right now it feels like I had fun, but this mm. is what it took for me to enjoy this party. And what it took yeah. for me to enjoy this movie was dropping two standards yeah, yeah. I have the most fun when I have to drop zero standards for a movie. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Yes, 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 it does. Every drink I drink is a star that the film loses. And while I didn't yes. consume alcohol drinking this, I think my analogy is pretty strong. Yes, um, I would yeah, agree. I just, as I went along, I thought, oh, I, like as soon as Ben Affleck's like, oh, we're going to take all the money. I was like, but why would he? Oh, okay, that's fine. I'll just drop a star. That's okay. Right. It just, right. <laughs> and that's, that's right, what it was. Right, 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 right. Like, okay, that's fine. This isn't going to make sense. Great. Okay. I just need to accept that. Right. And pay attention. <laughs> Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, that's Triple Frontier. Obviously, if you've yeah. listened this far, you you know what we're talking about or you weren't going to see it anyway. Right. Um, that's Is that is that all for you, Dustin? Yeah, I think that's it. Okay. That's going to be it for this week for the Hoopercast Movie Hour. Thanks for listening, everybody. We're going to... This episode is definitely on iTunes. We're going to try and drop these back onto SoundCloud soon because we sort of neglected mm-hmm. SoundCloud. I'm going to try to put <laughs> them on SoundCloud um, more frequently and then, um, you know, a couple other here's and there's for the show but yeah um expect to see us back or to hear us back next week um and uh yeah i'm gonna make sure my adobe audition works i'm not sure what was up with that but uh i'm gonna fix it yeah that was weird yeah it was very strange that's never happened before um yeah we'll figure that out okay thanks for listening everybody see you next week get out there see some good movies and uh yeah see you bye